Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Uh, if you're not familiar or don't remember the commitment to this class, okay, here's roughly the commitment for this class. Number one is read every word of the text inside our time here. So that's one of the things we want to do is make sure we read every word of it uh, of John, okay? So uh, if you finish the course, when you finish the course, you will have heard all of John read to you aloud, okay? That's number one. Number two, to discuss what it might mean. And then the third step is try to get it into our everyday life. What can that mean for us? How can we get that into our everyday life? And that's kind of the the overall arching uh, idea of, of our uh, time that we uh, spend, spend together. Um, boy, that was a wonderful song that the battle belongs to the Lord. Um, it's not been so terribly long ago uh, that I got interested in the arguments of the Bible. And so I, yeah, uh, I started paying attention. Now, when I use the word argument, I'm talking about reasoning. Okay, in other words, we argue a point, and uh, one of those uh, luscious chapters, I call it, is when Moses got God to change his mind. <laughs> yeah. Some of you already know, it, and he, he, he told God, said, you talk about the battle belonging to the Lord? He told God, if you don't do this job, if you don't get us into that promised land, all these nations around here are going to know that you weren't able. <laughs> well, I'm saying it. I'm, not, I'm, I'm using the, the Harris quotation marks on that one. Okay. But roughly that was the argument that was used. Uh, to, and so uh, God changed his mind and didn't kill them all. Okay. Now, uh, Last week was uh, chapter 14, and we have a couple of questions, and these, these might be toughies, okay, so we'll, we'll see how they work. They, they should help you to think, they should help you to learn, um, but not all, not all the time, okay? In the 14th chapter, according to the first few verses, what is Jesus doing? What is Jesus doing? What? Not, not in 14. That's in 13. Yes, he's doing that. I was wanting what, what he's doing there. Would you want to take that, Adam? Are you going to, okay. I thought you was going to put that hand up, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. Yeah. Preparing. Yeah. Uh, now, I do remember us stating this last week for sure, okay? Chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. What is Jesus doing in those chapters? From 13 all the way through 17, what is he doing? He's what? Yes, 
and he's preparing them exactly. And, and we got this long stretch. Now we'll go all the way through 70. What was you going to say? Oh, you got this long stretch. We got, we got to go through 17 because then Jesus is arrested in chapter 18. He is arrested, and uh, that will change the uh, complex of everything. Uh, now, tonight, we're going to read the last I am statement that John has. If you look on the back of the sheet that you've got for tonight's lesson, on the back of the sheet, you'll notice in the middle of the right-hand column, the seven I am statements. John loves numbers. Seven is his big number, okay? He loves them. And so he has seven of these I am statements. Tonight we'll have the last one, I am the vine. I am the vine, the vine true, I think is one way to say that. Uh, but I am the true vine is uh, what uh, Jesus will be saying uh, tonight. Okay, you ready to begin? Let me see. Oh, uh, one other thing before we start. This is an allegory. You know, uh, we don't have all them parables. How many of you love them parables of Luke? Luke writes, oh, man, I just love them parables, you know. Uh, so I, but we don't have parables in John, okay? We don't have parables. But this will be as close as you can get. This is an allegory, okay? And allegory differs. In allegory, everything kind of fits, okay? You carry it. In a parable, you're just, you're just trying to learn one thing, you know, and so everything doesn't have to fit perfectly, okay? All right. Uh, this is an allegory, and it is divine. The last I am statement of Jesus. Um, if I used the word formula, would you... If I had a way I said something all the time, you could say that's a formula. Okay, I use a formula. Okay, that's the way I'm using. Uh, this is a formula that uh, we'll say Jesus uses, that John tells us that Jesus used, and the statement is, I am. Now, if you just, you, you, and whatever he says there, he says, if you, you have them all there on your sheet, you know, I am the bread of life, the light of the world, the door, the shepherd. But the main thing is that Jesus is affirming his existence. Now, it's going to become big later, okay? But since we're on the last I am, and make sure, if you, however you're using your language, make sure that you affirm your existence as Je let's be followers of, put it that way, let's be followers of Jesus. And what did he do? He always affirmed his existence. Okay. And, and you, you want to make sure your language affirms your existence. Is that, is that doing all right out there? Okay. Okay. Um, don't say something that would erase yourself out of the situation, okay? Uh, Jesus would stand up and say, I am. Just, you know, have the courage, have the inner 
fortitude to be yourself where you are. All right? And don't belittle that. That would be a good way to say it. Don't belittle that. All right? We good? All right, this is the, the last I am. It's going to come up later because we're going to have a contrast later. John has this great contrast for us later. Okay? And we should learn immensely from the contrast. Okay? All right. Good. Now, uh, allegory? I am? Let us begin. I am the true vine. Um, and so, so he says, I am the vine, but it's the what? True vine. So that makes you think what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a better way to put it. I had it on my mind, Kathy. Yeah, if you didn't hear what she said, if we say that, you're indicating that there's some false vines. Yeah, you're indicating that. Just by the argument that you're using, you're indicating that that exists, okay? But uh, it's a true vine, so there, there were vines, and then there was this vine, okay? And so now he is the true vine. Usually, when you, when you see a, a vine or a, a vineyard, the idea of grapes, uh, you're speaking about Israel, um, even uh, like the, I'm like, got Moses on my mind tonight. Uh, uh, but even like when, when Moses and the burning bush, now the, the unique thing about it was not that a bush was on fire. Bushes get on fire in the desert all the time. What was the unique thing about this bush is it wasn't consumed. And that's a picture of Israel. That's what it's talking about, picture of Israel. On fire, but not consumed, Okay. And, and the picture here is the vine is usually thought of as Israel. Now, he's going to switch this. Okay. Yeah, there are vines and then there are vines. And there was a, a, a replica of a, a gold um, vine that was as you enter the temple. Matter of fact, one of the readers suggested that when they left, you know, last week they left, he said then they went out, I think is way it was said last week, that they would actually have, could have gone to the temple and seen that vine there, and Jesus could have been talking about the vine on the temple uh, door, okay? I'm not, we're not sure of that, okay? That was, that was a gift. Point is that, that the vine, this is the true vine, now he's talking about, and of course, who is the true vine? Jesus. Jesus is the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every... <laughs> there, I know. I know. Cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, if, if you're a farmer, and that's what these are, these, I, I don't know. What, does a person that takes care of a vineyard have a special name? I don't think so, do they? Oh, okay. I don't know it, whatever it is, okay? So if, if you're taking care of this vine, and if you're a farmer, your job is to get it to produce, 
why would you allow branches to remain that aren't producing? I mean, it just goes to show you, you just wouldn't do that. You snip them off and... Yes, yeah, and uh, it, it's like you're supposed to be severe with them. You're supposed to be severe with, with, with the vine itself. I mean, in actual gardening or doing vineyard work, okay? Uh, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruit. Well, make, that, make, that makes sense. The negative, you want to get that out, and then you want to build up the positive. You hear that old illustration about the Native American who said that he's got a black dog and a white dog inside of him, and uh, they wrestle. And the guy asked, well, which one wins? And he said, the one I feed. You just want to be careful what you're feeding, okay? Just be careful. You want to feed some and others, you know. All right, you get that. All right, even more, more fruitful. Uh, you are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Now, I've, we, we've seen that kind of idea before. Can you remember where that was at? Yes. Who, who said that? Yes, that's exactly where it was. It was, you know, you're already clean. You only need your feet washed. Uh, here, if we use the same symbolism here, you know, you're already clean. We only need to prune you a little bit here. Your everyday walk needs to be, all right, <clears throat> taken care of. Uh, remain in me as I also remain in you. And I couldn't get that illustration, Pastor, out of my head about your fisherman friend. Did it, let me see if I got it, okay? You tell that when he dipped the bucket into the ocean, it, all of a sudden it hit him that the water was in the bucket and the, and the bucket was in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right. Remain in me. So I, I'm sorry? What does that mean? Oh, uh, we're in Jesus, and Jesus is in us. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're in Jesus, and Jesus is in us. No branch can bear fruit of itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And uh, that's the key is, yeah, to, to remain in him, uh, to be in close contact with him, uh, later, we'll have the coming of the Holy Spirit, and it's going to reveal all things. And uh, we, we, need, we need his companionship. Um, yes, yes. And, and just take a glance around and look. All the people that are here, I know there's a million reasons and that, you know, that occupy us and that kind of thing. But the bottom line is you're trying to do something for yourself and your relationship with God. Okay. And that's just wonderful. That's just wonderful. And you'll be 
way ahead of, of most people just by doing what you're doing. Now, we're trying to feed your soul, um, trying to get a little closer walk with the Lord, trying to feel his presence with you. Okay. Uh, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Okay, let's go to the next one. Oh. <laughs> Amen. And that's and that's just a miracle. It's it's just a miracle that 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 that, that actually takes place. How the nutrients down there get up there? I, it's a, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Okay, let's go to. <clears throat> I am the vine; you are the branches. Now we got this defined pretty clearly. Yeah. Uh, if you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You want to do something with your life that is beneficial? Get close to Jesus. Get close to Jesus. He um, is the very life force there is. Just get close to him if you want to do something with your, with your life. Okay. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burn. One of the commentators I was reading on it went through a, several paragraphs of explaining why the wood in the vine is not useful for anything. I know when a kid I try to smoke it, but it was... <laughs> <laughs> but it's not it's not used for anything except be thrown into the fire and thrown away. Oh we don't want to go there, guys. No. We don't want to go there. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away. And withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. There's that formula again. Remain in him, then what? I've, I've, I've heard, heard uh, people put it this way uh, love as best you can and do anything you want. You've, you've heard that before, yeah. Love, do the best you can, and then do anything you want. Because your love will constrain you. Your love will form you. Okay. This is my Father's glory, that you bear such much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Amen.
So that's, that's a step in the right direction for you. Uh, remain in him. And you, you got the illustration, the vine. So you remain connected with him. So the sap flows. Say that again, Pastor. Say, say that again, Pastor. We, spirits appropriated power. Spirit appropriated power. So that the sap can flow, <laughs> flow through you. Amen. And what will happen to you? You will show yourself to be his, his disciples. Okay. That's, that's what you will do. Okay. All right. Now, uh, the, the Father here. Uh, verse 9 through 17. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remained in his love. Um, I have told you this so that you... I, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. <clears throat> now, I know there are times that we get depressed. How many of you have been depressed? I mean, really depressed, okay? I'm like, I got, I got depressed one time. I was just that far from hospitalization. You know, yeah, it can happen, Okay. But what's, that's not the normal state. That's what I want to tell you. That's not the normal state. What's the normal state? Joy. And I got kind of uh, uh, following this uh, idea um, when somebody said, that joy is the normal response to grace. Again, we're talking about the norm now. Okay. Um, how much of the time do you sense a presence of joy in your life and not the presence of, doom, let's just call it doom and gloom, huh? Doom and gloom. Uh, I want you to answer that for yourself. And then I want to ask you again, what is Jesus' intention for you? Huh? Joy. For you, yeah. And it doesn't mean that life doesn't have any problems. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden the... the the problems of life disappear, but your attitude changes when you are joyful. I love to laugh. You give me an excuse when we're talking and I'll laugh. Just tell me where it's punctuated and I'll laugh in the, the open spot there. That's just what I do. It's Work on that. Feed that dog. Because you want that one to get stronger all along. Right? That's the one you want to get stronger all along. All right. 
And there's some people that just can't stand it. <laughs> there's some people that just can't stand it, man. Oh, no. Oh, the government's going to, going to hell in a handbasket, I'm telling you. That's just terrible. Yeah. And you know, people just aren't nice anymore. <laughs> and the list goes on. Now you, if you start down that road, I'll guarantee you, it'll feed itself. You got to cut that off short. You, you, you just got to cut that off short and say, no, that's not where I want to be. I want to be with this, this joy that Jesus promised. That's what I want. That's where I want to be. I want to be on that side, okay? What Billy Joel said, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. Well, that just shows you where the average person is looking. They look at Christians as what? Oh, we're going to look at, well, we're going to do some of that a little later too, by the way. Yeah, they're, they're looking for Christians to be a bunch of old sourpusses never lived a day in their entire life. An honest, an honest life, okay, but not you. No, you're not afraid to smile. You're not afraid to laugh and, and tell people, if you have to lie, lie. <laughs> Why don't you look beautiful today? Oh, we're not going to go there very much, okay? But it's fun. It's fun. And spread a little joy. Just spread a little joy. There are people laying on that negative stuff and that dark, gloomy stuff all, all the time, all over the place, you know. And, but you don't do that. Put some joy in there. Put some life in there. Because the normal state is Joy. That's the normal state. I have told you this so that my joy, yeah, you know, joy may be complete. My, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this to lay down one's life or one's friends. And of course, he's going to do that. And he knows it. Here, it's, he, he, it, it's, it's beyond turn. When he rode in on that donkey on that Sunday morning, he was precipitating something that couldn't be reversed. And that's, and that's, what, that's what he was doing. And, and as the time goes, grows closer, he is more aware of that all the time. And he knows that's what he's going to do. You are my friends if you do what I command. Look at where we have moved. Look at where we have moved to. From servants and slaves to what? Friends. That makes everything different. We are no longer subjects. We are citizens of the kingdom. What a wonderful thing for, to, to say here. Now, uh, Paul doesn't mind talking about himself being a slave to Christ. 
but he doesn't have to. He chooses to serve, and out of that, there'll, there'll be great joy for him. But he's what? He's a friend. He's a friend of Jesus. Amen. I love that Bible text where it says there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There is, and it's in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So make sure, are you excited about life? Even if there's problems tomorrow, just give you a chance to use your ingenuity and to bob and weave and duck and dodge. <laughs> Went to a boxing match and the priest was there. You don't mind if I tell a joke here, do you? Okay. <laughs> I think I got you through my theme, my theme stuff. Okay, so yeah, and so uh, he's over there in the corner praying for for one of the boxers, and and uh, one guy asked him later said, "Would you do you think that'll help him to do the fight?" And he says, "If he can hit, <laughs> so you'll have to hit." Okay, don't don't think you're going to get around that. Okay. But you can you can do it with a little more uh, uh, how should I say a little more skip in your your giddy up and uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you are a friend of Jesus what a privilege we have what a privilege we have and and he wants us to be filled with joy. Uh, and it, it's, it sounds counterintuitive here as, you, as he's trying to prepare them uh, for his death. And it's going to be disruptive. But they don't have to live there forever. They don't have to live in that forever. Uh, okay, all right. Let's go to the, to the next one. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, oh, and you know one of the things that uh, really struck me about being in Africa too, that you, everybody had servants there. There were servants, I call. But, they, but very often the servant would have this bovine look on their face. They just was so dull. Like there was, wasn't anything going on up here. Did you notice that? That's not so with you. You've got stuff going on. Okay. You're not just, you're not just waiting to open the gate one time a day. You've got stuff to do and places to go. People to see. Let me see where I have called you friends forever. That I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and apart and appointed you so that you might go and, and bear fruit, fruit that will last. 
And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command that you love each other. And uh, notice he will not, there, the sovereignty of God is never going to be compromised, meaning it is totally up to God. That's called, you know, we call it the sovereignty of God. It's totally up to God. So Jesus tells them, it wasn't totally up to you. I chose you. You didn't choose me. Especially like in, in the book of Mark, no one can follow Jesus unless he asked them to, verbally asked them to. Because, you know, the madman from Gadarene, he, he got in his right mind, got his right clothes on and everything, and he wanted to go with Jesus, and Jesus told him what? Yeah, you stay here, you testify to these 10 cities, and that's your job. But the, but the point is, and, and you see it here, and boy, Paul's writings are so clear that it is God who chooses. It is, it is God who chooses. So if, if you have a sense of God's presence and you have a sense of understanding Jesus Christ for you, if you, if you have that, uh, he's saying that God put that there. That God is motivating that on your part. Okay. The sovereignty of God will not be compromised. That's what I would call that there. Okay, that's, uh, that's our... Now we'll go to number three. <clears throat> if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And the world didn't know what to do with Christians. Just didn't know what to do. And then especially when it comes to the Romans, they just didn't know what to do with Christians. Uh, they show up, and I, I want to talk about a couple of things that uh, Christians did that they would complain about. They would call Christian cannibals because they would have the Lord's Supper and take the body of Christ and drink his blood. Yeah, I know. But they would start this rumor that they're a bunch of cannibals. And, but they just didn't know what to do with these Christians. John didn't help the matters out when he records Jesus saying, unless you eat my flesh and you know, you know what you know what text I'm talking about, eat my, eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. I'll, John didn't help that out any. Okay. Uh, it, it's almost like he's tweaking their nose, but they, they just don't know what to do with Christians. The other thing is they, they started rumors that they even that Christians have sexual orgies. If you don't know why they said that, okay, it's because the early Christians called partaking of the Lord's Supper a love feast. 
<laughs> so you can think what they did with that. Yeah. yeah. And so they, they had all these kind of rumors going, going around uh, because they just didn't like Christians. Oh, yeah, and uh, one other thing, uh, Christians were always looking for the Lord to come back, and this would just bring up uh, the uh, Old Testament uh, text about the day of the Lord and uh, be careful what you wish for and, and that kind of thing. But the, but the point is, they just didn't know what to do with these Christians, and so the Christians weren't fitting in so good. Um, and there was a lot of good things about the Romans, but still they, they just didn't know what to do with Christians, okay? And then finally they started killing them. Uh, they were using them for torches and fight animals like lions and that kind of thing. They, they just didn't know what to do with them, okay? But we outlived that, thank God. Well, most of that we've outlived. Thank God for that. Yeah. We didn't, get to, we didn't get read all of this one, did we? Okay. Remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey your. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat, treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. Um, again, it's close uh, relationship uh, with uh, the Father. Okay? You, you can never get away from that. If you've seen him, you've seen the Father and a, a close relationship. Okay, number four. Good. Knowledge and responsibility is what I named this one. Exposes sin and the Lord of all life. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now I have, now they have no excuses for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. Are you following that argument? They've become guilty because Jesus has shown up and told them. Now they're guilty because they know better, but they choose not to know better. And so they're guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. And, and, and so the, he's making a strong distinction about those who become aware of sin because of Jesus' presence. They have something to look at now, something to judge it by, and some perspective now. 
now that Jesus has, has shown up. All right, let's go to the next one. Witnesses, both divine and human. When the advocate comes, and the advocate is who? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. And so when you, when you testify here, what would, what would he be asking them to do? Can you put it into different words, what he's asking them to do? Proclaim who he is. Why, why can they do that? They, yeah. They, they've seen him. And, and so they can give that personal testimony uh, from their heart of uh, what it means to be around Jesus. They can know what it means to be around Jesus because the disciples have been around him. Yeah. So, so, so there's something that you, and I, I will just tell you here, don't underestimate your personal testimony. You, okay? Because it's easy to do. It's easy to do. Uh, we, we, not, we, we may not be feeling good about ourselves and, and uh, just feeling rotten, you know, and, and allow that to keep us from sharing with people. Uh, don't underestimate that personal testimony because that's all Jesus is asking them to do here is what's been your experience with Jesus? Yeah, go ahead. That is a great message. That is a great message. Yeah. Go. Right. And, and once in a while you'll run into uh, someone uh, that was raised in the church and didn't do run off and do stupid stuff. They just kind of stay in the stream, and I don't mean that bad. They stay in the stream and 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 do just fine with their life and their relationship with God. But it's not as dramatic as some of those others. If I understand your your point, yeah, yeah. Because, but there are people that need to hear that testimony too. To, to have a friend. Uh, who has roughly the same experience as they have. Yeah. Amen. 
so the, the advocate is the spirit, that's the divine, divine witness, okay, is the spirit, and of, and of course the human witness is, is the disciples, which he's trying to prepare uh, uh, to do that. We read it. I'm not sure. Let me see. Well, no, uh, I'm still on the other. I'm still on the other slide. Um, again, this is the Lord of Life Himself here, and uh, you you seen it in uh, in uh, Martha and Jesus when they met before he got before he got over there and raised Lazarus here. Standing before her was the resurrection and the life, the Lord of life himself, okay? Now, she couldn't quite hear him all the way. I mean, she did good, okay, but, but she couldn't quite hear him that I am the resurrection and the life. So here it is, and here again, life is right there before them. Choose life. And that, and that's when you choose Jesus, you're choosing life itself. He's the Lord of life. He is the resurrection and the life. Choose him. Choose life. Stay on the side of life, okay? There's plenty of diseases out there that want to kill you. Plenty of sicknesses and illnesses out there that want to kill you. Okay? Don't help them out. Stay on the side of Jesus, the Lord of life. Okay, so you have uh, both of those, uh, both of those there, the divine. And I, I went ahead and and put down here. We got a, we got a couple of minutes uh, on the 16th chapter because actually the, as it was written in my Bible, uh, the the paragraph doesn't end until we get to verse four of 16. Okay, so I went ahead and left that on there. After I did that and I kept reading that it. It didn't seem like, uh, anyway, enough of that. Okay, let's go to the next one. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogues. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. Did we hear that before in the text? Have you heard that before? That's exactly what Paul's confession was that he did these terrible things to Christians. He did it with a clear conscience. Why? He thought he was serving God. Okay? Little note on that. You can be mistaken. That's why it always helps for you to get in a group for me, it's a group of guys that won't put up with my silly stuff. We need people in our life that will tell us the truth. I have to have a little word with the pastor every once in a while. I talk with him a little bit. I think you hear me. Yeah, I think you hear me. You have to do that because you can make a mistake. 
They're great people who have made lots of mistakes. And this is a mistake that people will make. They'll, they'll put them out of the synagogue and think that they're serving God. And I, I don't know if you can imagine for, the, for a Jew to be put out of the synagogue. I mean, that is just awful. It's almost like you're, you're, you're put out of the race. Or they want to put you out of the race, but that way they can't change your DNA. Um, but, but they can uh, try to do that. Uh, they will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. That's helpful. And so uh, the experience of life uh, is they'll say, oh, I get it. That's what happens to them. I get it now. I didn't get it before. I heard the words, but I didn't get it before. Now I'm experiencing it. I'm seeing it. I get it. Okay? I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. You can only take so much at a time, and Jesus is trying to portion that out. Okay? That will finish us for tonight. We good? You're welcome. Let me, let me uh, ask God's blessing again. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and for these disciples, as bungling as they are, they look like us. And help us, uh, Lord, to uh, get over our past, get on to the future, and help us to live closer to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.